And you about to get a bag. You about to get a bag. We about to get a bag. We They did. They got a bag. They got a huge, fat bag of money. Congratulations to Jordan Poole. Congratulations to Andrew Wiggins. We're going to break down those contract extensions. The most expensive PR campaign in NBA history was just conducted. We'll break that down next. In, in all seriousness, though, congratulations to two players who I think earned those, those deals. I'll get Kylan Mills' thoughts on that. And so much more tip-off is less than 24 hours away. Or maybe it's a little over 24 hours away. It's a day away. Yeah. More. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Kylan, it was a, I know you had a busy weekend, but it was also a busy weekend for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, rather surprising news coming out. Jordan Poole gets a contract extension. Andrew Wiggins gets a contract extension. Um, and, and press conferences accompanied that news. Uh, your first reaction to uh to to the two players getting the big bag. <laughs> yep. Slow clap, slow clap for the Warriors front office because I mean what they did was really excellent work. First, they've made a statement and that they clearly want to invest in the future of this organization and in the youth in doing whatever it took to keep uh, Jordan Poole around, first of all, by begging, giving him that massive extension. And then I know we talk about them getting a bag, and of course it is a lot of money, but Andrew Wiggins ultimately took a pay cut to stay with the Golden State Warriors. Um, he's slated to earn $33 million, uh, in the final year of his current contract. He's going to be making $24 million, um, in the 2023-2024 season. Um, so that just goes to show what great negotiators the Warriors are, what great culture this organization is built in. The fact that players want to play here and they're willing to maybe take a pay cut in order to be on a championship team and in order to be a part of something that's really special. Um, so hats off to to the Warriors front office and pulling pulling this off and getting both those players signed. Um, I think it leaves a lot of questions about Draymond Green's future with the organization, but the fact that they were willing to invest in Jordan Poole and invest in Andrew Wiggins shows where the direction it, it is heading. This organization is heading, and I also think it does though leave questions down the line as to how much longer this core is going to be going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it's it, the core is going to be together except for Dre, right? I mean, I think that's the one huge question mark. Um, Friday's game was we talked about it before the show. Uh, whether or not the reception would be positive, negative, how it would go. And the fans generally um, were warm. Uh, it was it was a slightly abnormal uh, experience in the sense that Draymond Green, um, when he took his warm-up shots, he usually comes out earlier with his teammates. Yeah. Um, this time he came out late and he was alone. Um, and then when you looked at the bench, like, you know, he was at the end of the bench. I was asking some other media folks there, like, is that normal? Because... I couldn't remember. Um, most of them said no. Uh, I've had some people on Twitter say he does sit there, but he's not alone like that. Um, he was like on an island for a lot of the game. But then later in the game, you saw him and Jordan Poole kind of sitting next to each other. Um, I mean, it, all indications are, and we'll get into this more in just a moment here, 
Um, but all indications are that the team's moving on. Uh, the fans seem like they moved on. Um, your, your thoughts? I mean, do, do you feel like that's what's going to happen here? We're just going to kind of, is it time to move on? Are you going to begrudge Draymond a little bit throughout the season? Do you think other people will? Yeah, what's your reaction to Friday's game and 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 tip off, which is tomorrow? It's crazy. Jordan Poole has no reason not to be happy based on the bag that he just secured. Um, so I think he's just on cloud nine right now because the man is getting paid like he deserves. He has come out uh, on top of the mountain after what he went through early in his career, which is something I was reading about that does put in context what this means for Jordan Poole because you can't forget that in like 2020, people around the NBA fans were saying that Jordan Poole was the biggest bust uh, in one of the last five years. You know, I mean, people were pointing to him and saying that he was a total bust, bad pick by the Warriors. And now, you know, look at where he is. Now he, he just got that massive extension. He had, you know, a really strong campaign last year. I think he's poised for an even bigger breakout year this season. Yeah. Um. So, you know, he's on cloud nine as he should be. Uh. So I think that the Dray that also has helped soften the blow of the Ray Draymond situation. Right. I mean, the punch from Draymond should have or could have only helped his negotiation process. Um, so, you know, for Jordan Poole, yes, the video and the whole thing surrounding the Warriors team was unfortunate. But for him, I mean, it seems like he's come out in the best way possible from all of this. Um, and if anything, I said this on Friday, I think it reflects really highly on his character that he was able to deal with it maturely and that he apparently didn't want Draymond Green suspended, according to what the front office and, and Coach Kerr said. So, you know, hats off to Jordan Poole. Um, as far as moving on from this, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know Jordan Poole. I don't know the relationship. So, you know, I hate to really speculate about exactly what those conversations are like and what those feelings are like. I think obviously he wants to move forward or he wouldn't have approved or signed off on Draymond Green coming back to the team. And so um, that's all good. That's all a good sign. As far as fans, I think the fans are fed up with Draymond. I, I really do um, because this isn't a first, uh, uh, this isn't a first offense. It is a first when it comes to punching a teammate, but like Draymond Green has had emotional outbursts before and he's had incidences before um, that have caused disruption and ultimately caused harm to, to the Warriors as a whole. Um, or have, you know, been detrimental to the team. And so that's what, part of the reason why I think and what I'm seeing and reading from the fans is that people are just fed up. This yeah. is not the first time that something just happened out of the blue with Draymond Green. It's like he's done things over and over and over. And I feel like a lot of fans are starting to just kind of shift into where they felt in the past that his outstanding play and ability on the court outweighed some of those emotional incidences, outweighed maybe some of the drawbacks that come with his fiery personality. Because on the positive side, he brings so much fire to the floor. But that can also be a liability at the same time. Um, so I feel like in the past, people felt like, well, the positive outweighs the negative and the potential liability of his real, you know, just the fact that he could be a short fuse. Um, now I feel like it's kind of shifted to where people mm -hmm. feel like eh, he's getting older Last season, he's not putting up the numbers he necessarily was in years past. And now to do something this egregious, it's no longer the play is no longer outweighing, you know, the risk or the drawbacks or, you know, some of these incidences that I think people have overlooked in the past or been willing to overlook and move on from in the past. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily it's how I feel, but I feel like that's just the general feeling amongst a lot of Warriors fans based on what I'm seeing of reactions, people I've talked to and things like that. So I think a lot of fans are fed up. And as far as you, cause you mentioned, you know, are you going to begrudge Draymond Green moving forward? Um, I think there are definitely some fans that are, are, are kind of sick of him. And I'm still seeing people say, you know, get rid of him. Yeah. Um, whether it be sooner or later um, when his contract's up, I don't think that there's a lot of fans that necessarily want him to be re-signed. Um, 
So, or extended. So we'll just have to see uh, how that plays out. As for me, you know, I think the team clearly seems like they want to move on. If they want to win the season, they've got to move on. I'm just kind of questioning when is something going to happen again? Uh, From his press conference the other day, I still just don't necessarily strongly feel that Draymond Green has learned his lesson or whatever else. Um, So, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll move on and we'll see. Is something going to happen again this season? And I think a lot of people are kind of, feeling that way and that, you know, all is well for now. And I'll take that. And I think that this team is in a much better place than it was a week ago. That's positive. I'm ready to look forward to the season and to watch the magic the Warriors make on the court. But I still, I don't know. I just have reservations about Draymond Green that something isn't going to happen again. or There's not going to be some kind of incident. Maybe it's on a punch, but I just don't know that he's fully uh, learned necessarily. Um, So that's where I'm at. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, in in a lot of ways, this is a blessing. In this, and what I mean by that is, look, Draymond Green, uh, he is no longer earning the benefit of the doubt if he behaves in a way that goes against rules yeah. or um, in a way where he hurts someone else. Um, like he's he's definitely on thin ice. There's no doubt about that. Um, it it maybe perhaps pushed negotiations with Jordan Poole ahead faster. Um, it gave Poole some leverage. And now Pool is locked in, and so is Wiggins. I don't know if the Wiggins thing had anything to do with uh, Draymond Green. One interesting note, um, so the NBA has changed up their policy in terms of media going into locker rooms. It's been a few years since the locker rooms were open. Um, yeah. But they've since revised their the policy. Yeah, exactly, because of the pandemic. But So now they're open again, but they've also uh, implemented this new system. It's a tier system where the only media members who can go into the locker room are part of what's called Tier 1. And it's a really limited number. So unlike years past um, where I was just rolling into locker rooms all the time, I actually, because I'm not a beat reporter, they're limiting it mostly to um, uh, media members that are dead. there like every day. Uh, and again, there's a finite number of them. So I can't go in there anymore. So when it comes to what's going on in the locker room, I have to ask, you know, our friends uh, in the media. And what I heard is that um, Draymond and Poole have not been seen together in the locker room. If, if you usually you'll see one or the other, um, what's not known is if that's intentional um, or maybe it's, it is intentional, but not for the reasons you would think where maybe they are getting along, but they just don't want other media members like turning into like TMZ body language doctors, right? Where they're like analyzing every little thing they do and, and reporting on it. But so far they have not been seen together in the locker room. It's either been one or the other or neither. Um, so take that for what it's worth. There's a lot more to talk about, uh, about the Warriors. I mean, again, tip off is tomorrow. Um, they had a practice today. Steve Kerr, uh, uh, had some comments about that pertaining to their conditioning, which you and I both found interesting. Um, and I also want to play uh, sound from Jordan Poole uh, from, was that yesterday? The press conference it was, uh, where Poole basically came out, quickly addressed the Draymond thing and just moved on. Um, like there was, there was no time spent on that. Uh, we'll explain perhaps why and get into that in just a moment. First got to uh, give some love to a company that was formerly called true bill. Uh, now they're called rocket money. Um, and the premise is still the same saving you money. And more specifically, it's all about subscriptions, right? Like a lot of times people forget what they're subscribed to. Um, you might have Amazon subscriptions. You might have uh, three or four different streaming services you're, you're subscribed to that you just completely forget about. Well, Rocket Money is there to let you know what you're subscribing to, 
um, and potentially cancel them. So you save money. I saved over a thousand dollars in a year thanks to Rocket Money, and you can too. Not for that amount. It depends on what your subscriptions are, but you can also save money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rockandmoney.com/slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds, or in my case, over a thousand a year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Uh, make your second listen Locked On NBA. The NBA season's here. Our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 seconds. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. also want to mention, um, Kyle, and after we're done recording, I'm going to record a special, what I hope will be an annual affair. It's called NBA 1 through 5. It's an NBA preview show. I'm bringing on Jackson Gadlin of uh, Locked On Rockets, Wes Goldberg of Locked On Heat, and myself. And the show will be available here in two parts, covering the Eastern and Western conferences. Going to be predicting who goes one through five um, in each division. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That should be available soon. Um, Jordan Poole, this is what he said in the press conference uh, when he came out to for his contract extension. Um, look, Jordan Poole, before I play this, He's not a big media guy. What I mean by that is he's never been keen on talking to reporters. He's never been keen on the attention that comes with media. Uh, he, I mean, he doesn't have a Twitter account, just to put it in perspective. He's on Instagram, but he doesn't have Twitter. So his media presence is it's different. It's, you know, he's not that into it. So when people were, were you know wondering why hasn't he come out and talked to the media about the Dream on Green Punch, who knows what the reasons were. He didn't get into that, but... It is worth noting that he just does not normally talk to reporters. He almost has to, uh, you know, when he does it. Um, so uh, when he dressed the media yesterday on Sunday, um, he started off the uh, press conference by letting people know about the Draymond Green incident. So the Draymond situation, um, you know, he apologized and um, professional. You know, we plan on handling ourselves that way. We're here to play basketball and. Um, you know, everybody in the locker room and on our team knows that it takes them on a championship. Um, and we're going to do that on the court, you know, and I mean, that's really all I have to say, you know, on the manner we're here to win a championship and, you know, keep hanging banners. So the Draymond situation. So that, so that's basically what he said. He, it was a nothing burger of a, of a response. Um, who knows if the incident really bothered him? Again, you have a lot of athletes. They're, they're, and, they're, and even athletes, some of them say it's normal. Some of them say they've never seen it. Kevin Durant, uh, interestingly, came out and said, I've never seen anything like that in terms of the punch. Um, I don't know if that's a slight dig to Draymond in the process. Um, your thoughts on Jordan Poole uh, and the way he handled that press conference yesterday? I mean, as far as Jordan Poole expanding it all on it, I don't think he owes anyone an explanation. Like, right. if anything, he's been the victim in all of this. And, um, you know, whatever goes on in the locker room or between him and Draymond, if he wants to keep it private, he has every right to keep it private, in my opinion. Like, this is a tough subject I'd have to imagine for him to talk about. So, you know. I, I have to respect what he's willing to reveal or, or not reveal. Um, also, though, to add to the context of him being short with the media, you're absolutely right. Having covered the team, being at every practice the last two years, 
um, or the last two seasons. Now my third, he is never one who's, uh, you know, just going to be real vocal. A lot of times he's kind of a one or two word answer guy. He'll crack some jokes. I mean, he'll always at the end, all right, am I good? Am I done? Can I go? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, not to say he's not pleasant to be around. Like I said, he'll crack a joke here and there, but you know, he's never one to just like openly expand on a situation or just to be real chatty, overly talkative. I mean, I think he does it, like you said, out of obligation. He understands yeah. the position he's in that he has to, you know, be willing to answer questions before or after games or practices. But, you know, he, I don't think he's one that, like you said, is really just relishing the limelight and dying to go out there and, and talk to all these media members. So to me, it wasn't a big surprise because that's kind of just the way he carries himself. Um, and then to me, he doesn't owe anyone an explanation or, you know, to expand on his feelings and all of this. I have to imagine it's hard for him to talk about. Um, and honestly, who knows what kind of place him and Draymond truly are in. I mean, you mentioned them not um, necessarily being close to each other in the locker room. We're spending time around each other. I don't know. Even if they're ready to move on and, and he's being a professional, I have to imagine there's some awkwardness or tension still. Like that's not going to dissolve immediately. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to affect their play, but like as far as like being buddy, buddy, you know, in the locker room and off the floor, like that may take some time. Like yeah. I can't imagine they'd already be back there. And so, you know, I don't think he owes anyone an explanation about where they're at or, or um, needs to say anything in particular. It didn't surprise me. I, I don't think it's like alarming that he was short or anything. I don't know if that's what any of the reactions were. Um, but, you know, he's a professional and hopefully the team as a whole can move on and, and you know, look forward to tomorrow night. Absolutely. I cannot believe the NBA starts in just a day. Um, Charles Barkley and the crew and the TNT crew, Ernie Johnson, Kenny Smith, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, they just re-upped. Uh, they got yeah. a huge uh, a contract extension. I believe it's like for 10 years. Um, interesting side note, uh, there's a stipulation where um, if TNT does not uh, re-sign uh, with the NBA to continue covering a, a league that they've been covering for decades, um, those individuals are allowed to get out of the deal and potentially go to whatever network does add them. Um, and, and that bring, and the reason why I bring that up, besides the fact that it's cool that we get to see these folks, they're covering opening night uh, for the Warriors again, inside uh, inside the NBA on TNT is covering it. Um, but what a lot of people uh, aren't mentioning that I think is important when it comes to the discussion of the Warriors salary cap, because again, I mean, if, 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 if Draymond Green opts in next year, the Warriors could be looking at over a half a billion dollars uh, in payroll expenses between the actual payroll and the luxury tax penalties. But for some reason, I don't hear a lot of people talking about the fact that the collective bargaining agreement expires after this year. Um, I had Keith Smith on this show. Uh, he's a cap expert with SpotTrack. Had him on a couple months ago. He's connected with the NBA. He's been covering the league for a long time. And... He strongly feels, and I've heard this from other insiders as well, that as that when the new CBA is revised, when they have the new contract, uh, one of the revisions is going to be no longer penalizing teams for their draft picks. It's it's an interesting point why they didn't do this to begin with. Um, you know, I, I maybe they just no one envisioned any team drafting as successfully as the Warriors have. Um, but regardless, if they don't make this change, you have a lot of small market teams. Um, who are going to be entering the luxury tax uh, in terms of paying penalties if this change is not made. And it really goes against the spirit of the law. I think most people agree that, yeah, logically speaking, it makes sense to no longer penalize teams for drafting well. Um, and, you know, so there is a strong possibility that revision will be uh, applied for the next deal. 
And I, my hunch is, I think even more so this is going to happen because I don't think Lacob and Gruber are just spending over a half billion dollars on payroll when they let Gary Payne the second go. And um, they, they said repeatedly that there's only so much they're going to spend each year. So my strong hunch is that the CBA will be revised. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, 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 and maybe. So you I, I guess think like, the big deals are? You think the big deal for Jordan Jordan Poole and then Wiggins Max being signed is foreshadowing that they expect the this to be renegotiated and then that that luxury tax on draft picks is going to be lifted? Is that what you're thinking? Possibly. I think that's what I'm th- that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and again, they're probably going to be re- negotiating this this season. They might be negotiating yeah. this now. Um, indications are December, January is when we might start hearing what the new terms of the CBA are. And yeah, I, my hunch is, is that they're going to stop penalizing draft picks, so the Warriors' payroll will be closer to 200, 300 million, um, even with Draymond coming back and so forth. Uh, your thoughts on that? Like, and I guess I'm like curious. I'm curious to know your thoughts on. Why so many members of the media are not touching the CBA thing? Is it just sexy to, is it like a media story that they're going to spend over 500 million next year potentially? And that's why people are running with it. Um, Is it lazy journalism? Like, why do you think people are not talking about the fact that there is going to be a new CBA next year? um, And the salary cap could go up too. I don't know your thoughts on all that, please. Um, I mean, because I I do think the salary cap would go up, even if that, the penalty, like you're talking about removing the penalty for your own draft picks. I mean, the salary cap's still going to go up. They also have a new TV deal that's supposed to be right. negotiated, which also should raise that cap. Um, as far as journalists uh, not touching on that or touching on that, I mean, I don't know, aside from just that, that all remains to be seen and it's very unknown at this point, what that's going to be. So if you're looking at it based on the facts that are in front of you, then yes, the Warriors are going to be um, well into that, uh, gosh, what is, what is the number right now? If it stays as is that they would be it's like 550 million approximately uh, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Insanity. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. In <laughs> regards to the, like I said, the only thing I think is just that it all remains to be seen. It's all very fluid. We don't know exactly what the cap is going to be next year. We don't know if the draft pick thing is going to be changed. I mean, it's all just very up in the air. I understand looking at the facts as they are right now and what you have in front of you and what that number would be. But, I mean, it's all good news for the Warriors if any of that changes. So um, we'll just have to see. I, I honestly just – I won't be surprised if Draymond Green isn't on this team after next season, regardless of what the cap is, regardless of what happens with draft picks. I don't know. I just what if he opts into his to his uh, to his player option, which now seems likely. Like, do yeah, you think that's trade him? true. So yeah, so I think he could. I, I, yeah, I mean, it does seem like it would be smart for him to opt in at this point. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think that the writing's on the wall that Draymond Green's days are numbered, and I don't know yet if I could see him being traded, but. I just, I don't know. Regardless of what happens, the cap situation, I just, I think it's something's possible. up. I think it's something's possible. up. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Bob Myers alluded to that and said, um, you see, you get the best version of Draymond uh, when he's incentivized. It, it motivates him. Yeah. And look, he's like, he has lost so much leverage from this whole incident. If he's going to be punished in any regard, it's a the fact that a lot of people in the public don't like him anymore, um, and b he lo- he might have lost a ton of money. Um, I don't think anyone's giving him a max deal now. I don't know if they would have to begin with, but they're certainly not touching that now. I don't know if the Warriors are going to give him an extension. He'd be happy with at this point. Um, and, and all yeah, all indications are he's going to opt in um, to the player option and, and collect twenty seven plus million dollars next year. 
We'll find out. But uh, I I'm going to play a game with you next. Uh, this is tied into our longtime sponsor, Bet Online, because they laid out some uh, over-unders for the upcoming season pertaining to the Golden State Warriors. And I'd love to get, you get to know your thoughts on that. Maybe we can help people win some money first. Got to talk about our longtime sponsor, Bet Online. We're going to lead into that segment with an ad read first. BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for all sorts of betting this season, including football. And obviously, the NBA is just around the corner. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, which is such a fun new thing in gambling, and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. And coming up next, we're going to try to win you some money with some over unders for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so this is the email from Jimmy Vaccaro, the president of Bet Online. Um, these are player props pertaining to the Warriors and the total season. For the YouTube viewers, let me zoom in a little more so you can look at this uh, better. All right, Kylan, I'm going to ask you one by one what your thoughts are, thoughts are on each of these. I'll obviously chime in with my thoughts as well. Um, in terms of points per game, Stephen Curry's OU for this season is 24 and a half, uh, which indicates that the odds makers think there's going to be decline in Stephen Curry in terms of points per game. Would you bet the over or under 24 and a half? Uh, I would go with the over. Um, he was over that last season. Um, here's the thing. I don't think his, his average is going to lower. I think he's going to play less games this upcoming season in order to try to, you know, preserve him a little bit and keep him fresh. But I don't think his actual potency in those minutes is going to go down. I Agreed. believe he was at 25 and a half points per game this past season. And you look back to 2019, 2020, he was way over that. And, you know, in the MVP regular season race as well. Um, so I don't think that his points per game is going to be below 24 and a half. I just think he's going to be resting more. I think he's going to be playing less games, but that shouldn't affect his average. So I'm going to go with the over for Steph Curry. Oh, what and if he's think? rested, you know, I'm, I'm with you. And if he's rested, he's going to score more, uh, Great. when it comes to per game averages and to put it in perspective, last year, he averaged 25 and a half. Yeah. He averaged 32 points per game. That was a career high, uh, two years ago. We're not going to count the 2020 season just because he only played five games, broke his hand. Uh, he only averaged 20.8 points per game. But again, that was a five-game sample. Um, and then going down the list, 27.3, 26.4, 25.3, 30.1. The last time he averaged below 24.5 was in 2015, his first MVP campaign when he averaged 23.8. I'm with you. I'm going to bet the over on that as well. Um, what about uh, assists per game? Six and a half for Steph Curry. Yeah, so I hmm, I was looking at that one and thinking, um, what do you think first? I don't know. I, I'm debating. Right. It's definitely he was it's well under that. It, it's pretty. I was gonna say it's pretty high. He was well under that last season, and I'm trying to remember what he was. I think last season he was around five, somewhere in the five to six range assists per game. Um, and I'm trying to think he was what he was the seasons before that, and I'm kind of surprised that it's that high. I mean, 
Yes, he's going to have a lot of weapons around him. He also will be, will be playing a full season with um, Clay Thompson, which I think we know they have that connection. He can dish off to Clay. So I'm thinking maybe that um, could be uh, part of the reason why his assists per game would go up while they expect his points per game to go down, or that's why the odds makers are predicting that. I might go with the under, though. Um I might go with the under. Uh, I think it was at least the last two to three season that he's been under six and a half um, assists per game. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I don't feel strongly that it's going to be over six and a half, like at 6.6 per game. I just, I don't know. So I'm going to go with the under over points under on assists. Yeah. I don't feel strongly about that one. That six and a half is um, uh, incidentally his career average last year. He averaged 6.3, two years ago, 5.8. Um, you know, in 2019, he only averaged 5.2, uh, you know, but then again, uh, in 2014, uh, his, the last year before the dynasty, he averaged 8.5, his first, uh, MVP campaign, he averaged 7.7. 7. Um, so it jumps all over the place. I, I, I yeah, last year it went under, I, I'll, I'm going to go under, but I, I'm not going to recommend that one. That's a tough one. Yeah, um, I agree. Tough one. Um, I just, you know, and it's like if he got 6.3 last season, it's going to be a very similar style of, of basketball they're playing and very similar pieces. The Warriors move the ball and they get a lot of assists every single game. But, like, if that's where he's at last season, like, I just don't know that I feel strongly enough that he yeah. he would really bump that number up that high over six and a half. So I agree. What stay about, away. Stay away. Just don't bet yeah, on that one. <laughs> stay away from that one. What about – uh? three-point shooting percentage the over under for that is 41 and a half to put it in perspective last year was uh, an off year for him and and, and when it comes to outside shooting he, he averaged a career low uh 38 percent from the, beyond the arc uh two years ago was at 42.1 uh 2019 was 43.7 42.3 41.1 uh and then the two the two mvp years he was at 45.4 and 44.3 would you bet the over or under on 41.5 percent i'm gonna go with the over and i feel pretty strongly and pretty good about this one i think that last season steph curry's three-point shooting was really affected by when he got so close to that three-point record uh remember how many games he went through just having off bad shooting nights because I was, he was closing in on that three point record um career three pointers and i think that really affected his game for like a solid month like, do you remember that? Like he had so many, like really, really, and I'm not talking like off, like he was off, off, like one for nine, like just like numbers that you don't see from Steph Curry. And that really should have dropped his percentage down last season, or at least I think it did play a big factor in his percentage being down a couple of points was because of that stretch. He went through right around Christmas and into the new year where he was really struggling. Um, and like I said, I think the record got to him and it got in his head a little bit. So that's why I think he's going to bounce back in three point percentage and that Steph Curry is going to be well into the 42s. Yeah, I that's it for me. That's a tough one, but I, if I had to bet, I bet the over as well. Um, this one I feel very confident with, and that's Clay Thompson's points per game. Um, I've been saying all off season that if the over under was twenty four, I would bet the over. The over under is twenty and a half. I strongly think he's going to go above that. Um, and and just a couple of that just to save time here as well is three point shooting percentage thirty eight point five percent is the OU. I'm going to bet the over on both of those. Your thoughts. 
Yeah, um, Clay Thompson, I think it's the over for sure. He was already averaging 20 points per game this past season coming off of those back-to-back injuries. Um, so I'm shocked that it's that low. I'm going to go with definitely over for the Clay Thompson. We've talked about it a lot in this program. He's coming in now with a full offseason, being able to prepare, get his body into the best shape he's been in in years. He's healthy. He has at least a half a season from last season under his belt now. He's going into a full season um, basically healthy. So I am shocked that it would be that low because last season we saw him coming back from two injuries and he was averaging 20.4 points per game. I think solid over and I think that an over on three point percentage as well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Draymond Green uh, has four different OUs to choose from. Uh, You could bet on the over under of points per game, which is a meager seven and a half is over under on rebounds per game is a little better at also seven and a half uh, assists per game at six and a half um, total triple doubles is the one I do like here. Uh, the over under is two and a half. I think the over on that um, would be a safe bet. Your thoughts on any of these? Cause I don't want to touch the rest at all, but except for the triple doubles, your thoughts. Um, so let's see what, okay. Um, I agree on the total triple doubles. I think we would go with the over. Um Damn. And we're looking at six and a half as far as the assists per game. I think I'm going to go with the over on assists per game and the under on rebounds per game. And I believe last season he averaged seven assists per game. And like I just kind of was mentioning, the way that this Warriors offense has been functioning, the connection that he has now with Clay Thompson back, we know he's constantly dishing to Steph Curry. They've got a really special connection. And just the this Warriors offense really moves the ball a lot, and um, they get, get a lot of assists every single game. So I think that it's, he's going to be over on the assists. I'm okay with that. Um, and I don't feel really strongly about rebounds per game either, but I would say maybe the under. I, I don't know. But I think assists per game, I feel good about being over. Okay. Going with the over. Um, and just a few more here to wrap the show up. Um, Andrew Wiggins over under points per game is 17 and a half. I am not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Uh, but what I do like, Gordon Poole's points per game, his over-under is 18 and a half. I think that's going to go over. Uh, your thoughts on either of those two players' uh, points per game? Andrew Wiggins is a tough one, and I also would agree in not touching that because like Andrew Wiggins can explode on big nights, and there's some nights where he's just not as effective. And I don't think it's necessarily him, but it's also a little bit of what each game calls for. Right. And what the opponent they're playing is. And there's some games where he does need to step up and be really aggressive in the attack. And I think it's always good for him to, you know, be more aggressive and in, in attacking the basket in general. Um, but I think that it just like some games call for it more than others. And like this last season, like he had some big explosive nights where he was into 20 points. And and there were some nights where he was fairly quiet and this team is so loaded with scores and outside shooting threats that like he just may not be getting the ball as much on offense, just depending on who's hot on any given night. So I don't want to touch the Andrew Wiggins either. I think Jordan Poole's going over. Yeah, I agree. And then I uh, will wrap up with this. These are the, the, the really young core of Wiseman, Kaminga and Moody, who um, if you're observing preseason basketball closely, these three looked fantastic. Um, points per game for James Wiseman. Uh, Bet Online is saying the over/under is ten and a half. I think that's an easy over, um, given his rookie year. He averaged nearly twelve per game. Uh, although they had less weapons on that team, so they relied on him more. Um, he's clearly stepped up his game. Uh, and then his rebounds per game is six and a half. I'd begrudgingly bet the over on that. I'm not feeling super great about it. Your thoughts on either of those for Wiseman? Um, for Wiseman, I think the over for sure. And then I also want to mention um, amongst some of the other youngsters, I feel like Moses Moody, the over is a good pick. He was averaging, I think four and a half points per game 
this past season, but he was only playing on average 11 and a half minutes per game. I think right. that his minutes is going to double. I think Moses Moody is going to be, be featured in a much bigger role off the bench and in that second unit. Whereas we saw him, you know, really much farther down the bench um, in his rookie year. I think he's going to be moving up a lot. And I think that he's going to be playing a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think he should easily double his points per game from last season, just because he's going to be playing more. And then you can touch on what you said in that he's looked really good during preseason, during summer league. He showed so many great flashes and, and how much development that we've seen from him. So that's one that I'm surprised it's as low as it is. And I think that it's going to be a good bet to go with the over. Um, as far as Wiseman, yeah. points over is what I feel the most strongly about as well. Yeah, and I'm with you on Kaminga and Moody. Uh, Moody is the, is essentially the team's seventh man on the roster, uh, which does mean he's going to play a lot more minutes. I think over, betting the over on eight and a half points per game should be easy money. Um, Kaminga's a little high at 11 and a half, but yeah. I think he's going to be in that 14, 15 range. He's looking damn good. I, I, I just cannot be excited enough for this team. As we wrap things up here, I uh, just want to emphasize one more time that I really think this Warriors team is going to repeat. I really do. Hall of Famer Rick Barry is going to join the show tomorrow for the final preview before the season starts. But I'm feeling damn good about this team. I really am. I I, I think they're going to just clean house. Uh, don't judge them for the regular season. Just like I've said with years past, just because um, they don't care about the regular season. This is not what they play for. The, the regular season is an extended preseason for the Golden State Warriors. But with that said, they have so many young players that are going to be playing heavy minutes they still might succeed. So point is, I'm stoked. I, I think right now, if everything, uh, if they stay healthy, we're looking at a repeat, repeat world championship. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Kylan, as we wrap things up here? Uh, I think there's no reason why the Warriors shouldn't repeat. Um, I think they have all the tools in place. They've done an excellent job of working these dual timelines of utilizing the older core and the championship roster that already existed, combining with the youngsters. And I think some of these young players are really exciting to watch. Like Jordan Poole extension, so excited to see what he does in the next couple of years. James Wiseman, I think, has showed a lot of promise in preseason. And he's a player I'm really excited to watch hopefully stay fully healthy this season. I mean, he wasn't healthy his rookie season. He dealt with like all these minor minor and mild injuries on and off before he ended up with that, um, that knee injury. So I think that James Wiseman is going to be making some people eat their words. And I really hope he is for his sake. Um, but I think that he's once again shown the athleticism and the promise of, uh, you know, what he could be and his potential in the NBA. So I'm really excited to watch the young core develop because I think given, you know, the juncture that the Warriors are at, a lot of their older players are going to have to really be dialing it back in minutes. They're going to have to be really trying to watch how much they're playing a night. And this staff is going to have to be really trying to keep them fresh and, and making sure that they're not overdoing it. And that means there's going to be, the door is going to be wide open for some of these youngsters to, to excel and to really take ownership in a lot of games and to get a lot of minutes. And I think they're really fun to watch. And this young core could be beat a lot of teams. Wholeheartedly agree. I'm stoked. Kylan, I'll see you Friday. Thanks as always. Um, again, happy belated birthday to your husband. Dirty 30. He's he's now he's all grown up. He's all grown up. All right, folks. Uh, Hall of Famer Rick Barry again joins me tomorrow. And I'm also uploading a special season preview show called NBA 1 through 5 um, with Wes Goldberg and Jackson Gadlin of Locked On Heat and Locked On Rockets. Stay tuned for that. Kylan, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.